Hi, everybody. This is Tony Kahn, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. This lovely summer morning, we're coming to you from Studio BC, I guess you could call it, the business school cafeteria. You know, I grew up with a, a lot of sounds that faded away. The sound of a rotary dial, of an old telephone, the uh, sound of a steam engine huffing and puffing, and the sound on TV of a voice of authority telling me the news every single night. A voice like Walter Cronkite's or David Brinkley's that everybody listened to. Probably the only voice nowadays that comes even close to serving that role for us is the voice of the guy on PBS's Frontline series. It's a weekly program of documentaries that a lot of people seem to trust. The guy who sounds like this. Once, not so long ago, America faced a war against terrorists. His name is Will Lyman. What is it like to be Will Lyman, the voice of truth? For today's morning story, we thought we'd try to answer that question by going straight to the horse's mouth. We bring you a little portrait of Will today that we call a good voice. Tonight on Frontline, an ordinary crime. It's amazing that with all the very often dangerous work that goes into those shows, simply by being the voice on the show, I have become part of the brand. It's really a very small part of the whole process. In Johnston County, North Carolina, in a small town on April 25th, 1997, a robbery occurred. An awful lot of people feel whatever that guy says, I believe in, largely due to the fact that I've been given an awful lot of truths to speak. A new kind of war. When we did Vietnam television history, the 13-part uh, series on the Vietnam War. Those pictures were so sensitive, and I was so young and inexperienced, I wanted to make sure that I didn't really screw things up badly by using the wrong tone over a picture of bodies being pulled out of a tunnel in the ground. And sometimes I relate more to the people on screen. Wherever the Americans went, they burned and destroyed as if I were trying to understand their situation. An eight-year-old or a nine-year-old can kill you just as quick as a 25 or a 26-year-old man. I did a show on uh, scary viruses around the world, you know, and the uh, producer will ask, make it, make it scary. This could be on your doorstep tomorrow. And I have a problem with that because it feeds into that whole culture of media living off of fear. In early 1973, the last Think of yourself as somebody who is sitting on the couch next to a friend, and you're telling him what he needs to hear in order to understand the picture. That's all. And that was an amazing piece of direction. I still think of it. Just fill in the blanks for, for, for the audience. That's all. It was a war with deep roots. I always believed in my country. But instead of sending my sons out to defend their country, I sent them out to die. A war that changed the GIs who fought it. You could get liquid opium, speed, acid, anything you wanted. It 
was the first television war. What's he got, small arms? Small arms, automatic fire, grenade launcher, and grenade. With uncensored battle reports flashed to the folks at home. What's the hardest part of it? Can I know where they are? That's the worst. You lost any friends? Uh, so much of our discussion is about winning. And losers have no value. That's where the problem is, from the messages that we're putting out. It's from the way we feel about the other side. And it's the way they feel about us. What can we do about that? I, I think that the communication between individuals that has been made possible by the Internet may well be the saving grace of this world, as it gives people an opportunity to speak directly, to communicate with each other on the opposite sides of the globe, from opposite sides of the political fence. Yeah. The story of Chris and Cody, two boys growing up in a hard land. My father can't work because he drinks. That's me. <laughs> Chris had to bear the weight of poverty. My father isn't much of a role model. I mean, I, I don't exactly want to be... I think that there is uh, also a certain amount of um, therapy involved in my choice of careers. <laughs> it allowed me to speak in voices that I didn't have. The fear of disappointing somebody, to have somebody think that I had said something bad about them, you know, that was probably one of the things that, that uh, held me back. Uh, and I think that's still the case. I'm the town attraction, I guess. I've gotten fights with these big rednecks because they call me a freak all the time. Ultimately, this is the story of the frontline gig has been uh, a tremendous lifesaver for me, even in those long stretches where I wasn't doing anything that uh, I thought was of any particular value, uh, whether I was doing a string of commercials or TV spots or, or soap opera or, you know, I was at Frontline every week or almost every week that, that I could say, but yeah, I, I did that. I was part of that. I helped make that work. And that's really valuable. That's a, that's, that's a great thing. This is a good voice. So that was today's morning story, a portrait of Will Lyman, a good voice. I'm here with uh, Gary Mott. How are you, Gary? Good morning, Tony. <laughs> One time I got pulled into the World Studios here at GBH. The producer said, okay, we need you to be an angry Arab. <laughs> I'm a white boy from Texas, I, you know, angry Arab? So what did you have to, did you have to like dig for whatever it was in your experience that made you feel like an angry Arab? Well, I looked at the script and I tried to, you know, think, how do I say this in an angry tone? Here's how you, I think you do it. Whatever it is you're going to say, have this image in mind. Somebody has just hurt your kid. Oh, there you go. See, this is the voice of a professional right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Tony Khan. That would have, you know, It always helps it to out. have a relationship in mind because, you know, your voice is an internal organ, right? And it's reflecting your state of feeling. That's what's going to come across. And in morning stories, that's why it's so important for the stories to be told by the people to whom they're happening. Because all the emotions that may not be there in the words explicitly, they, they are there in the tone of voice, I think. I find when I gesticulate, I'm able to get into character a little better. So. Yeah. 
the body English is important, you know, and sometimes when you're doing a voiceover, you got to stand perfectly still in front of a microphone, and that impedes yeah, the that's body tough. language. That's tough. People may not realize that we've solved that problem on Morning Stories, <laughs> but tell, tell them what we've done, Gary. We have made a technological breakthrough, right? We have. We have freed up our contributors by giving them hats. Baseball so that caps, right? Baseball caps. So the microphone's right in the brim of the cap. So they're not tied to a big honking microphone that's hanging in front of their face, and they're free to move. The mic moves with their head. It's been a great thing because I'm looking at the bottom of Tony's shoes <laughs> every week because he, he sits back with this cap on his head, puts his feet up. It's what I've always wanted, Gare, a job that looks exactly like I'm retired. <laughs> I think another thing that's, that's really happened that's all to the good is that, is that you know, sounding unlike yourself, which maybe you had to do and microphones weren't so good and you really had to pitch your voice like a fastball at this you know, substandard mic, is that now we can, we can sound much more like ourselves and, and, and people sort of expect that. And also we can hear average everyday people who are sort of connecting with us on a, on a one-to-one basis. So maybe we've lost a world where there's one voice of authority that we all trust, but what we've gotten in return is voices of so many people each giving us a little piece of their lives. We got some, some nice emails, as always, from you guys this week. Gary, what have you got there? Uh, we heard from Jeff from Bakersfield, California. Just wanted to write you both and tell you that I'm having withdrawals from Morning Stories. <laughs> I had not heard of your podcast about two months ago, did not really listen until about three weeks ago. Then I got hooked. I listened to all, and I do mean all, of the stories in the last two and a half weeks on my iPod. I am a plumber and did this during work. That's what's great about podcasting. You can stop and re-listen as much as you like. Now I have to wait and listen each week for another story just like everyone else. Yeah. Great podcast. I feel like I know you both. Thanks, Jeff. We got a, an email from another Jeff, this time from Geneva, Illinois. He says, hi, Morning Story folks. I just finished listening to the podcast about Joel Myrowitz and his film about his father. It's the podcast that we did that last week, as a matter of fact. Though I've long known Myrowitz as a still photographer, I didn't know that he had made the film pop until I heard your podcast about it. What an amazing story about love, loss, acceptance, and photography. Each thread woven so beautifully into whole cloth. And when I went to get the direct link to the MP3 so I could send it off to some photographer friends, I saw your, does this remind you of a story of your own email link? And I had to send you a note. In fact, it does sort of remind me of a story of my own, one that's about my own father, and how his sensitivity helped me become the photographer I am today. Jeff concludes, in any case, I really want you to know how much I look forward to each new episode of Morning Stories. They're really extraordinary in so many ways, even though I really don't need another FTP program. I'm gonna go visit Ipswich right now and drop their PR folks a note to let them know how much I appreciate their support of your fine work. Well, Jeff, so do we. In fact, if it weren't for them, we wouldn't have a podcast every week. So please do check them out as well at their website, ipswitch.com, I-P-S-W-I-T-C-H, a leader in file transfer software. And as Tony mentioned, go to our website, check out Jeff's story, and leave a story of your own. Why not? 
wgbh.org slash morning stories and send us an email at morningstories at wgbh.org. And if you have some friends who haven't heard morning stories at all and maybe a little bit scared of podcasting. I've got friends. You've got scared friends. (laughs) I know. They've told me. Many friends who have not had their first date with podcasting. So many friends. Date us. Keep on listening. You never know whose voice you're going to hear next on Morning Stories. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you, Tony. I look forward to uh, Morning Stories. That sounded kind of like a narration. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. Uh, From the heart, (laughs) Will.